Hello and welcome to Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. We're a new church with a desire to bring our hope in Jesus Christ to the people of Helensburgh and beyond and live as a community shaped by the gospel. If you live in Helensburgh or are just passing through, we'd love you to join us sometime. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.15 at the Helensburgh and Lowman Civic Centre. But now, here's the latest sermon from Hope Community Church, Helensburgh. You can find the Bible references and more information in the episode notes. Our reading today uh, comes from uh, the book of Colossians and chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. He is the image of the invisible God, that's Jesus, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him and he is before all things and in him all things hold together and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in everything he might be preeminent for in him all the fullness of god was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross and you who were once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. He is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Amen. Give thanks to God for his word to us. Well, in many things in life, uh, a narrow focus is a good thing. Uh, This is how my mind works. It's a silly example, but I think you'll get it. Maybe you've noticed that that when shopping, men's shower gel and shampoo, is it at least two in one, sometimes three in one. I even saw a joke picture on the internet, 13 in one does your hair, your body, your face, your car, your toothpaste, your mouth, you know, everything. You, you, you get the idea. And, and it, it's a joke. You know it's not the most effective cleaning strategy, but it's convenient. I can see the, the attraction. We, what we like is to have things focused, though. We know that if something is for a specific thing, it, it's usually better. We prefer an expert to, to a jack-of-all-trades. You know, we're, we're getting our windows done at the moment. We, we just didn't get any join or anything we got the window guy uh, that came highly uh, recommended you know we got the guy who who we could trust Uh, and sometimes um, I think I know I'm guilty of this we kind of think of of God as just having or or Jesus just having this narrow focus that yes he saved me and that's all that really matters And, and last week we did see that is his his primary goal that's why the resurrection of Jesus matters. He came to, to give us hope, to give us eternal life so that we could be resurrected. That's what we, we saw. And we saw what it means uh, as individuals. And, and truthfully, that is the, the, the main thing he came to do. But Jesus is interested in so much more. He is not uh, a jack-of-all-trades master of none. 
Because what we believe about Jesus is he is God. He is the master of everything. He is the king of creation. He is the almighty. And I, I think, as we'll see today, that is exactly what the New uh, Testament uh, teaches us. In a way, we're going back to what we saw at the start of our, our story of the world. We've been looking at the sort of story of the Bible and how we and our world interact with God. And we saw that God created everything. We, we, we were saying that with the kids a little bit. And you may remember um, that, that God created the world very good and, and sin broke the world. And in a way, sometimes we might think that, you know, that's great, but, but God's going to come, he's going to burn everything up and there'll be a new creation uh, and so on. But the New Testament doesn't seem to really teach only that there'll be new creation, but that there'll be, that, that, that Jesus is king over all. Um, the death of resurrection changes uh, a lot of things, but it doesn't change the fact that, that this world matters, that God cares about this world, about this creation. And that is uh, what the, the Bible teaches us. We have hope of resurrection for ourselves and the whole world has uh, hope, uh, really the whole creation. Uh, Psalm 24, as we read at the start, tells us the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof of the world and those who dwell uh, therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. And we sang in Psalm 8, all that stuff. This matters to God. And so it matters to us. God cares about his creation. That is what Colossians 1, in part, uh, is teaching us. And actually what Paul is saying is that both creation and personal salvation, they are so closely linked that we just can't ignore it. They are, they are part of the, the same thing. You're, you're, you're maybe thinking, well, why, why does this matter to, 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 to me? Uh, I think it, uh, it matters a great deal because these two things are so linked. We can't be indifferent to this world. We can't ignore uh, this world and its, its concerns. We, um, we can't be in a, in a holy huddle. Um, we're, we're thinking, what do we have to do with creation, this world, its culture and so on? And I think what, what, what Paul tells the Colossians encourages us that, that God cares about this world and we should too. We do have a responsibility. Just as at the beginning of the Bible, Adam was given that responsibility to work the garden, to have dominion, to, to be fruitful and multiply. These things haven't changed. We still live in this world uh, and we're still in this world let's be clear at the start christians are are always going to be distinct we don't follow the mindset the attitudes of this world our way of life is different we do let's be clear seek first his kingdom first as, as jesus tells us to do we're not saying anything else in this and, and maybe you, you you've come today you're, you're not a christian and we're glad you're here but i hope that you see who god is in his power that he is over all creation and that this world matters to him and that, that, that you matter to him, uh, that, that, that all things matter to him. But what we're saying today is that the creation, being part of this world, matters for people who believe that Jesus is going to come back and raise us from the dead and make everything new. Because let's see, first of all, Jesus's creation a broken creation, which we've seen before, but we'll see a bit more, and a reconciled creation. So Jesus's creation. 
first of all. If I was to show you a picture that I had painted, would you be interested? Probably not. I'm not an artist. Um, it wouldn't be worth anything. Uh, I'm not well known um, for, for, for things like that. And yet at the same time, if I was to say, do you want this painting by Picasso or Van Gogh? You know, say I gave you that or someone gave you that, you'd be astonished. Something so worthwhile. Uh, and what gives it its value? Of course, it's, it's good um, and all that, uh, if, if, if you're into that kind of thing. But a big part of it is who painted it? Who painted the picture? It's, the, you know, it's, it's a Van Gogh. It's a Picasso. And you can tell I actually only know two artists, but uh, <laughs> there we go. Um, but, you know, if, if, if you were given something like that, you'd be protective. Dedicate time and energy because, well, it's, it's a Picasso. Of course you've got to. It's worth something because of who painted it. And what Paul is saying in this letter to the Colossians, they were a people in a city called Colossae, is that, that Jesus is the artist and the whole world, everything in creation is his art, is what he has painted, is what he has made by his power. As we're told, he's the, uh, by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, and all things were created through him and for him. Jesus is the artist. The world was created by God. And so when we, when we look at the world, we, we see its beauty, don't we? Uh, uh, and we can have a, an, an emotional reaction, actually, just to the beauty of the world. And actually what that is, is, is something God has put within us. And, uh, and what it should be pointing us to, is, as Paul says elsewhere, is the creator of all things. We should be looking at the artist. We should be valuing creation because not just for creation's sake itself, but because of the artist who has made it, who has painted it, who has spoken it into being. Jesus himself has done this. This world matters and there's not a single part of this world that doesn't matter to God that isn't important and valuable to him of course we create things that are not good but the the, the general principles of what Jesus has made is good because it's Jesus who's made it God the perfect one the one who loves us the one who's willing to die for us you know we were talking about resurrection last week and and that's good but Christians aren't people who are just obsessed with the future we love the future, it's our hope. We're looking forward to the future. But our faith, it has worldly good, if I can put it like that. We're all about Jesus and we value the things that he values. And certainly creation, the world is valuable to him because he created it. And actually in him, all things hold together. It's his world and he sustains this world. It matters to the artist. It matters to Jesus and it should matter to us. Uh, a Dutchman uh, called Abraham, I'm going to murder the pronunciation, Kuiper. You can tell me if I'm wrong, but um, he, was, he was a theologian, a prime minister, lots of things. But he said this, there is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. I think our passage this morning sums that up, doesn't it? Jesus has made everything. He is Lord over all. And we cannot then, how can we look at this world dispassionately when we know that Jesus has made it? 
And maybe this question is, is more for Christian. I'm not sure though, but do we value the world because Jesus made it? Or do we value it because of what we, we get out of it? Or do we just not value what God has made? These are questions I challenge uh, myself uh, with. Uh, and as well, how do we interact with creation? Do we ignore it, shun it? Or do we see what's valuable in it while, while, while following God's ways in everything? As well, if you don't believe, we need to see that, that, that Christianity, that, that God is over everything and that this world does matter to him and, and that the, the, you matter to him and, and the whole creation does. And, and maybe that's not what uh, Christianity always communicates, but maybe it helps you think a little differently as well. Again, does it, does it not make sense to us when we see the good in creation? Does it not make sense that, that someone placed it here? That, that, that there's more than just our, our, our brains telling us that it's beautiful, but that maybe, maybe it's art that someone created. But, but as we've seen before, something's not right with the world. And our second point is we are in a broken creation. Um, it is broken. Uh, and yet Jesus, we're told, is the one um as i said this last week we've we've been getting our windows replaced and on the outside they look to be pretty good shape they were painted they were white paint wasn't too chipped but underneath the wood was rotten completely wet rot alarming rate they still did what they were supposed to the, the weather didn't come in uh sometimes there was warmth but but really they were broken and, and that's kind of what our, our world is like there is beauty uh, and there is function and so on and the world does take over and yet the world is rotten to an extent it's decaying often covered by the paint and the filler that we try to put into it when paul wrote to the romans and we we quoted this last week and he was saying how um you know we're waiting adoption that we're we need hope but he says the creation was subjected to futility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Creation is is waiting, it's broken, it's groaning. It's in bondage to corruption. It's the, the, the pains of childbirth, though there is hope for this creation, as there is hope for us. Every natural disaster, every illness, whatever it may be, it is the, the, the result of a creation that is subjected to futility, as Paul puts it, that is in, in bondage to corruption, that, that is broken in every way. Whatever we can see that's wrong with the world is the effect of sin, the wrongdoing that human beings do, and all its effect. You know, take for example the the the, the hot topic, I suppose, in our in our wider wider culture is climate change, isn't it? And we're certainly not here to to debate these things. But in a way, Christians shouldn't be surprised if the world is decaying, if the world is uh, really damaged in that way. In fact, we should almost expect it. Because the world is in bondage to corruption. The world is broken. 
and whatever the issue is, the injustice that we see, uh, illnesses that we face, it's all the symptom of this broken creation. And on one level, maybe we'd be content just to say, well, Jesus is coming back, let's just leave things how they are, get on with our lives, and that'll be fine. But again, if we go back to what we just said, that it's Jesus's creation, uh, and, and the closeness with which Paul links both in Colossians and in Romans, as we just read, there's a strong connection. Uh, it's, it's everything. It's not just the, the sort of big issues that we might face. It's, uh, as as Kuiper said, it, it's, there's not a square inch of creation. And so then, how do we relate? Well, we see that it's Jesus' world, that it is the world that we have been created in, created from. Um, one of my professors, uh, when I studied at seminary, he said this, I'm a son of Adam, the human being, and the ground is in my blood. He was made from it, he lived from it, and in death he returned to it. In between he was meant to serve it and guard it, and that is still my commission. We are in this world. It is the world that Jesus has made. It is a broken world, but we don't abandon it. We care for it. We'll see more of that in a minute. But first I want to say I think that the Bible does make the most sense of this world and what is wrong with it and the way we respond to it. And I think, you know, the wider culture, of course, people believe the world is is broken. Problem is, they think they can fix it themselves. Um, you know, wars, cost of living. Um, you know, just look at the the, the breaking news. Another uh, another person in America beaten by the police. All these things. People are so angry about these things because we have this sense that the world is broken and there should be something more. It should be better. There should be justice. There should be all these things. And and if Jesus isn't the creator, if this world isn't broken as the Bible says then all that's meaningless. None of it actually matters if Jesus didn't make it all. It's all just randomness. Um, it's all just things playing out uh, uh, and, you know, justice, whatever else, isn't worth our time. We'd be better living for ourselves. But what the Bible tells us, what the New Testament tells us, that creation is both created by Jesus, it is suffering through the pains of, 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 of childbirth, as it says, being broken, waiting for redemption. But it makes sense to the world and it it can give us hope for our world hope for uh, creation hope for our own resurrection because again paul is linking these things completely because what we see in this passage is a reconciled creation that's our third and final point um we're told he's the head of the body the church the the firstborn from the dead that's the the resurrection uh but it says in verse 20 and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. He's talking about all things, the whole world. All the way at the beginning of the Bible, we said this to the kids, Adam and Eve first sinned. And of course, they were thrown out of the Garden of Eden. And there was a flaming sword at the entrance to keep anyone from going back in. There was this chasm between God and man. In the garden, God was with them. And now God wasn't with them. And we saw a few weeks ago, and, and, and if you weren't here, I'll just quickly explain it. When Jesus died, when he shed his blood on the cross, there was this curtain in the temple that split in two. And that was saying, you know, the way to God is open. We can go to God. He welcomes us. He has reconciled us. We have sinned against him. We should really have done the, the reconciling, but he did it. 
we know what it's like to, to fall out with people uh, and what we want is reconciliation and the wonderful thing is that that is what the gospel does that is what jesus does he he reconciles us and that is again it's the primary message by we are reconciled to him but as well he reconciles all things whether on earth or in heaven making peace by the blood of his cross jesus is like adam you know it says he's the image of the invisible god the firstborn of all creation at the start of our passage and and what paul's saying is that that jesus does what adam should have done he succeeds where adam fails just like uh, we saw it last week in our own uh, salvation what paul is saying is that when jesus died it did something that was relevant to every part of creation it meant that, that, that everything was going to be, is going to be, as it should be. It means that this world does still matter to God. Even in all its brokenness, as we've said, even though I suppose Jesus could have just removed uh, that artwork, it, this whole world matters to God. It's broken, it's in need of reconciliation. It still has intrinsic value in the eyes of God. And that teaches us to actually engage with this world, uh, creation, with culture, with whatever else, as we want to reach people with the gospel, as we want to see God's ways in our world because we believe that they're right. We, we can't be like the, the monks who sit in the monasteries and just read and contemplate. We can't stick our fingers in our ears and pretend that nothing matters. If it didn't matter, why would God leave us here in the first place? Why would he not just take us to heaven? This world matters. The work of Adam and Eve is ongoing. They were told, have dominion, which, which meant look after the world, be good stewards, rule over it, be fruitful and multiply. All these things are still ongoing, but we do them with hope. God has said there is reconciliation even for creation. What is good will be reconciled. What is not good will be removed burned up, forgotten about, but it will be renewed, restored. There will be a new creation and it will be real and physical and we will be there. God cares about this world. He is reconciling it. Again, it's uh, creations in the, in the pains of childbirth. There is something new coming and we're part of that. But, but Romans also does say, we ourselves have the first roots of bread grown inwardly as we await eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. We wouldn't say, uh, would we, that, 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 that bringing the gospel to people doesn't matter, that we shouldn't prioritise that. But again, Paul's putting the two together. They're, they're part of his mission. In a way, it would be easier for us to say this world doesn't matter. Or maybe it would be easier to go all in and enjoy all the world has to offer. But what Christianity offers is, is real hope for this world, a real way to look at this world, a thoughtful way to look at the world, to engage in a way that acknowledges the reality of brokenness, but lives with the hope of reconciliation for everything. We can care about things in a positively Christian way. Not doing it with our hope in human endeavour, of course not. And maybe not seeing the fruit of our work now, but that one day... The world will be restored and reconciled, redeemed, as Romans 8 says. The, the things that we do, in other words, they're not in vain. This life isn't meaningless. It is meaningful because 
Jesus has created it and he is reconciling it and he has placed us in this world to be part of it. A Christian worldview helps us to, to engage with our work, with our culture, what we're doing. It's, it's more than just doing it for the, the sake of evangelism. That's good, don't get me wrong. All about evangelism, but at the same time, it has value in itself, the work that we do, because it's Jesus's creation, because it is good and he has made it and he is reconciling it and he has placed us here as his ambassadors, as his people. Uh, and we could go on and on and we're, we've run out of time, but I want us to take away that this world matters to God, that he is reconciling it. And it should matter to us too. We see what Jesus values in this world. People being reconciled most of all, but all things being reconciled. And, and let me just finish by, well, finishing with what Paul says um, himself. He is now reconciled. Um, you who were once alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him god is working for our reconciliation he has worked he has done it he wants you he wants all of us to be his people to be part of his kingdom to be living in this world he cares about you and this world and he he wants you he wants us just as we are he doesn't leave us as we are but he wants us as we are if you don't believe please see that not only your own personal hope, but the care and the love you may have for this world and its people finds its hope in Jesus and in his death and his resurrection. That is where the hope comes from for us and for this world. Let's be people who, 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 who love God, love our neighbours, love his creation, but are working for him in all that we do. May God bless these uh, thoughts to us. Thanks for listening. Join us every Sunday at 10.15 as we meet at the Helensburgh and Lowman Civic Centre. Find out more on our website, hopehelensburgh.org.